Hi Church, so good to be back with all of you guys on this morning. To all the fathers who are watching everywhere, Happy Father's Day. We really want to honour all of you guys here in this church. I hope your family has prepared for you a really nice, delicious lunch for you with lots of meat, right? Because that's how we like it. Um, but you know what? Before they get to feed you, I get to feed you. Yeah, with a little bit of a word uh, from, not quite a little bit, right? With a really hearty word from Nehemiah chapter 2. So I hope you've been blessed with our series in Nehemiah. Let me read to you Nehemiah chapter 2. And really, as I, as, I, as I read this to you, today we want to talk about God's favour. You know, God's favour is can sometimes be, be a little bit mysterious. We don't really know what it is. But can I say this? If you have a church background, you should know that God works for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. His, his plans are for you, not against you. So His favour is there. But we're going to see that God opens up windows for us to take, windows of opportunity for us to take. And when He does, and when we take it, we can access the favour that He has waiting for us. Let me read Nehemiah chapter 2 for you. It's on the screens. Nehemiah chapter 2, in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had not been sad in his presence. And the king said to me, Why is your face sad, seeing you are not sick? This is, not, this is nothing but sadness of the heart. Then I was very much afraid. I said to the king, Let the king live forever. Why should not my face be sad when the city, the place of my father's graves, lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Then the king said to me, What are you requesting? So I prayed to the God of heaven. And I said to the king, If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's graves, that I may rebuild it. And the king said to me, the queen sitting beside him, How long will you be gone, and when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me when I had given him a time. And I said to the king, If it pleases the king, let letters be given me to the governors of the province beyond the river, that they may let me pass through until I come to Judah, and a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gate, gates of the fortress of the temple, and for the wall of the city, and for the house that I shall occupy. And the king granted me what I had asked, for the good hand of my God was upon me. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, Lord God that truly your favour rests upon those who are called according to your purpose and who love you. And I pray, Father God, that today we are able to see some of the windows that you open for us to come through so that we can come into and inhabit and lay claim to the favour that you already have for us. Father, we thank you that you are a good God and your favour rests upon us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so I, I, I want to show you this, right? Because right, right in this text, you can see that this is happening, right? Nehemiah is sad, and then suddenly these windows open up for him, right? So, and, and, and I want to show you that when, the, when God opens up windows for you, it is your opportunity 
to take it, right? If you don't take it, I don't know when the window will open again, right? But I know that when I read Nehemiah 2, the windows open one by one. And when each one opened, Nehemiah took the opportunity. And you know what he did? He said it, he prayed it, and then he asked for it, right? So these are my three points, right? Say it. Say it with me. Say it. Pray it and ask for it, right? God opens up the window. Now say it, pray it, and ask for it. Let me get into the first one and I'll show you what's going on here, right? Nehemiah is sad. He is burdened. He's carrying this weight. He is grieving for the condition of his homeland. And then it shows on his face, right? He cannot hide it. It shows on his face. Friends, how many times when we ourselves are facing the blues, we ourselves are are feeling down, that that it shows on our face, right? And we think it's not there, but it's there. It's happened to me as well, right? And at this point, we may be carrying that thing that feels like it is unsayable and that there's no one we can say it to, right? It's so heavy, it's so grieving that we feel like it is unsayable. Now, can I be honest? For Nehemiah, it must have been such a weight on his shoulders that his whole face was obvious that it was a sadness of the heart, a sickness of the heart, and not a physical illness. And then the king asked him this. He says, why are you sad? What's going on? And today I want to ask you, on behalf of the King of Kings, friends, what's going on? You know his eyes see everything on, right? So he sees everything, right? And so he wants to hear you say, friend, what's going on? And for Nehemiah, you know what was his response? He said, I felt afraid. Now let's just, let's just look into this a little bit. Why do we feel afraid when we have to share Why do we feel afraid when we have to open up and, if you can say, unbottle, you know, like as men, right? Father's Day. Fathers, we love to bottle up, right? We love to keep everything sealed up and we don't really like to share and we find it it a hassle, so many words, uh, whatever, you know? So we keep a lot inside. And then when it's time for us to share, we may feel like, wow, how to share? What if they think I'm stupid? What if I share and then someone says, this also you want to worry, ah? what? Nah, nothing. And then we feel like, feel scared, right? That we get judged. We feel scared that we get ridiculed. We feel scared that someone will trivialize the things that is burdening us or that people, what that they don't really care. They, oh, oh, okay, 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 move on, right? Like, wow, that's like, that's like major number one things that will make us feel not safe to share. So actually, opening up can be a scary thing. To say it is not as straightforward as just say lah, right? It, you, you and I know it's not so straightforward. When you're carrying something, a grief in your heart, a burden in your heart, it's not as easy as just say lah. It's painful. It's hard. And, and, and you, are, you are waiting for the right opportunity. And you think, maybe I'll go to church. And then you reach church and everybody's so pumped. You know, I'm talking about like not online church, right? Because, but you go to, you go to church physically, you know, we gather in a thousand people and then, and then so everybody's so pumped and everyone's so victorious. And then you think, oh, maybe not now. Let's wait for the altar call, right? Because the altar call, by the way, it's a great place for you to say it. And later we'll be opening up an altar call. So if you're carrying any burden, prepare yourself because later we want to open up the altar and we want to have all of you come and be able to lay your burdens at the cross. 
But let's say you went to church and that week no altar call, you know, then you think, I don't know if I want to go to, to the front to be prayed for because, you know, they don't know me and, and my problems are so big and maybe everyone, I don't know. So you think maybe I'll share it at cell. And then you go to cell group, you know, and everyone is makaning and having a good time and so boisterous and everyone's chatting and having a, a, a really great time and you think, Maybe this is not the right time. And then you see slowly, one by one by one, all the opportunities for you to open up, you feel that they start to close. Can I be honest with you? Sometimes, if we're not careful, even church life can be like that. But I want to lay this down on behalf of our whole pastoral team who really desire that SIBKL will be a safe place for you to come and say, to share it, to open up. Right? Because actually you're not even just opening up to us, you're opening up to God who is inviting you into an openness and a readiness to say what is what you're carrying on your shoulders. And that's why we really wanted to have this order call later where you can come. So if you want, uh, if you have something that's burdening you in your heart, prepare yourself later. Join us in our online order call. So you can be prayed for and you can you can say all that you need to say, right? We're nameless and by largely faceless up to a certain degree as well. So maybe that helps you feel even more safe to share, right? But sometimes maybe you have another voice in your head and the other voice is telling you, Ayah! No need lah. Why so negative? Why always looking at all your sadness? No need. Can you be more positive? Can you think more happy thoughts? Just be more happy, can I not? Come on. I'm sure you can be. Be happy. Be happy. Hey friends, you and I know, right? You can't suppress away the blues, right? And you can't say that you, you, you can't cycle yourself to be more happy when you're going through a season of grieving. SIBKL, my dream, all of our dreams, on, on, on the leadership team here in SIBKL is that SIBKL, not just the church like the Sunday service, even though the Sunday service is important, but the whole church family will be a place for you where it is okay to not be okay. Can I say that again? We want to be a family for you so that when you are with us, it is okay to not be okay. That if you're feeling not so okay, that you can come and lay everything down. And you might, your cry might be, why shouldn't my face be sad? Right, like Nehemiah, why shouldn't my face be sad? My stocks have devalued completely. I don't know what I'm going to do now, right? My whole portfolio is in ruins. Why shouldn't I be sad? I just have to lay off, lay off some of my most loyal staff for how many years I had to let them go. Why shouldn't I be sad, right? I've just received an 80% pay cut. Why shouldn't I be sad? My, my whole business, I have to shut it down. Why shouldn't I be sad? My father is in trouble. My mother is in trouble. My wife's business is in trouble. Why shouldn't I be sad? My children are far from God. Why shouldn't I be sad? Gosh, you have so many reasons to have something to say but you know what most, most of the time you don't know where to go we don't know where to go you know recently I had that problem and let me share with you it really was something I, I struggled with now uh, my wife and I were having this argument or it wasn't so much of an argument as I was angry with her and she was angry with me and I didn't know where to go right um, so so I so I went to her right but I'm angry with her so I went to her right and I tried to resolve it but actually everything was coming out wrong so everything I say is also wrong you know and and we had unmet expectations on both sides and then suddenly she snaps at me you know and and she says that you know fellas I can't listen to you right now just go to your friends. And I was like, oh, 
Go to my friends. Hey, you're my wife. You know, by shelter. No, just go to your friends. And I, and I, 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 I thank God. I've got two friends I'm really close with. I can go to them. I can say everything to them. So I picked one. I went and I just said everything to, to this brother of mine. And can I tell you, it was so liberating. It was so edifying for me after that because I felt like such a huge burden had been lifted up and he, he helped me to process this whole thing and, and I saw the light and I realized, wow, actually my wife very wise. Huh? Even when she's angry with me, she's so wise to ask me to go to my friends. I tell you, that's the scariest part when your wife is wise, especially when she's angry with you. But you know, um, that's how it went. And I'm so glad that I had one Two, guys, I can go to. Friends, when you are in the blues, do you have someone to go to? Of course, we want to say, go to God, and you should go to God, right? But after you've gone to God, do you have someone, a brother, you can, who can wrap their arm around you and say, bro, I'm here for you. Is there one person? Are there two people you can go to? Sometimes one is all you need. And if you don't have it, can I encourage you? Can you go to your pastor? Can you go to a cell member? And if you really don't have it, can I encourage you to pray like this? Just say, God, God, I don't know where to go. God, send me somebody. Amen? And if that was you, if that is you, you don't know where to turn, just say amen. Amen. You know, friends, bottling up is no good. I've tried it. I bottle up quite a lot. Sometimes I feel I don't know where to go, so I can't tell my staff, I can't tell my leaders, I can't tell my, do I tell my wife, you know? Um, and, I, and can I be honest with you, it is not healthy. It is very not healthy. Kind of reminds me of this movie uh, that Pixar, the animation studio made uh, in 2015, right? It's called Inside Out. Brilliant movie. Brilliant movie about the way uh, a, a, a person thinks and the way a person feels. So if you haven't watched the movie, but you do want to watch it, spoiler alert, I'm going to say one or two things about it. But the re movie really is about um, this little girl here, right? You see on, on your screen, her name is Riley. And Riley, together with her family, have just relocated across the country. So she's had to leave a bunch of things behind. And then these two characters down here are two of the of the emotions that are inside her. So, so Riley is struggling to come to terms with her new life in a new city and these two emotions together with a few others but, but it's really a tussle because Joy in yellow is trying to, to um, she's kind of like over-functioning throughout the whole movie trying to keep sadness away and she's just constantly trying to control Joy uh, control Riley and make her happy again bringing back this memory bringing back that memory and try to do so many things but along the whole way Riley is just like kind of like trying to suppress her sadness, right? And, and, and be happy, but it's not working. And it is only at the end of the movie that, that for some reason or other, sadness finally gets to put her hands on the controls of Riley's emotions. And when she does, Riley cries. And when Riley cries, she starts to be able to grieve all the things she had left behind. She finally was able to grieve the loss of her friends, the loss of her, of her neighborhood street, the loss of her old school, the loss of everything that she had to. Friends, are you suppressing your grief? Are you like Joy in this movie who is trying to suppress sadness and say, no, 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 no you, don't, you don't feel sad. Please don't feel sad. Be happy. Be, you know, friends, 
that this movie touched me so much and, and the reason why I'm sharing it with you now is because bottling it up and pretending to be happy when you're feeling the blues is not the answer. It has never been the answer. Man, if you looked at the Psalms, so many, how many Psalms open on a word of utter despair. But I believe that when you go into utter despair with Jesus, that He takes you out of it. Amen. When So, so I want to move on from now, right? Ask it, pray it, pray it. And I want to show you this. Actually, I've already been saying pray it, right? Psalm 42. Now, I don't know how many, how much time Nehemiah had in order to pray, but he says it there, right? That when the, when the king asked, when the king asked him, why are you sad? And then he said he felt afraid, right? And then he prayed to his God. He prayed to his God in heaven, you know? Now, I don't know how much time Nehemiah had to pray. He probably didn't have much time from the looks of it. He probably just had like, God, help. God, I don't know what to say, right? But but you know what? If he had more time to pray, I think he would have prayed something like Psalm 42. Now, I want to show you Psalm 42, at least in bits. It is the psalm that opens with those famous words, As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after thee. And it sounds like a very peaceful, very calm, very serene type of psalm. But it's far from peaceful, calm, and serene. In fact, most of the psalm, the psalmist is struggling and crying and grappling and he doesn't know what's going on. So he's so he's like a drowning man trying to like flap around. I want to read to you some of the lines, right, from the start of Psalm 42. Let me, let me find it to you, find it for you and read it for you. It is here, verse 3. It says, My tears have been my food day and night. Verse 4, I pour out my soul. Verse 5, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? My soul is cast down within me. He is crying. The Psalter is the psalmist is crying out, right? And I believe when the Lord wants you to pray, he you praying is not just asking for things. We know this, right? And and I really thank God for the role modeling um, that Pastor Lichu has has given to all of us in our church and beyond. That whenever how many times we've been in a, in a prayer, right? That Pastor Lichu has anchored and she is weeping, she's lamenting, she's grieving, she's repenting, she's like everything, right? And and it's that's what prayer is about. It's about getting on your knees and really, really being in touch with the most painful part that you can touch, with the most painful part that God has touched, right? And that's why, I believe that's why you have to go through verse 3, 4, and 5 of Psalm 42 before you hit verse 7. What does verse 7 say? Deep calls to deep. Friends, from the deepest part of your pain, are you calling out to the deepest, the, the deepest part of the pain that the Lord experienced on the cross? Because I believe that when your deep calls to His deep, then His waters, His breakers, His waves will crash over you and He will overwhelm you with a new hope. And it is when your deep and your pain can touch his pain, that way his victory can then come and touch your victory. And it's never as straightforward as just a formula, but I believe that when you cry out deep to deep in your prayer before him, that the Lord hears, he hears, he answers. And, 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 and look at what happens in verse 8. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life.
That is the kind of prayers that the Lord wants. That is the kind of prayers that He wants you to be able to bring before Him when you are in your darkest place. So friends, if you are in a place and you don't even have to be at your darkest place because not all of us are there, but if you are remotely struggling with what's going on, there's uncertainty, then can I encourage you, friends? Say it and then pray it, right? Pray it. And after that, ask it. Ask it of God. Right? But before I go into this last point, ask it, I just want to say one thing. Can I be very honest? As a pastor myself, I speak for myself, I probably speak for some of my colleagues as well. One of the reasons why we're sometimes quite hesitant or a little bit nervous to, to speak with you in a way that helps you to tap or touch into the place of grieving for you. One of our concerns is that you can feel it and then you find that there's no breaks. And when there's no brakes, you don't know how to put the brakes down and then you start spiraling downwards into, uh, into something that, I'll be honest, we don't even know how to retrieve you, right? So, so uh, but you know what? As valid a, 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 a caution as that is on our side as pastors, we also want to acknowledge, and I believe this is a greater truth, it is a far greater truth, that when your deep calls to the deep of God, that his waves will wash over, that his goodness, his mercy will come and rescue you. And one person's rescue will look differently from another person's rescue, but the same God will always come and pick you up from the darkest part of the night and bring you into a new dawn. Amen. And God will be for you. He will show his favor over you. Amen. Amen. If you believe that, can you say amen? If you believe that, I don't care how ridiculous it looks while you're at home or maybe you're doing your laundry while you're listening to this. I don't know what you're doing. But if you believe that, can you say amen? If you believe that, can you type it out into the, in, into the chat bar on the side and say amen? Because when you're saying it, you're declaring it, you're saying it and praying it. And now I want to encourage you. Ask it. Let's go back to Nehemiah. What did he say? Right? Uh, he, 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 he expressed his grief. He prayed to the Lord and then he opened his mouth with the king. And he said, King, I need letters. I need safe passage. I need letters to the guy who takes, who's in charge of your forest because I need timber. I need this. I need that. He listed everything down. A, B, C, D, E. I need all of these five things. I need to go back to Judea. I need this and I need this much time. If I have found favor in your eyes, can you give me all this? And the king says, yes. The king says, yes. He found favor with his king. Yes, Abigail, you're not even trying to persuade a middle Persian king. You're trying, you don't even need to persuade. You're, you're trying, you're asking, and uh, you are asking of the king of kings. He is the God who says that, that ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be open to you. This is a king who says that, that if, if you ask for a fish, from your earthly parents, right? Will he give you a snake? If you ask for, for, for an egg, would he give you a scorpion? How much more will I give, right? This, and the Bible clearly teaches us, you 
you don't have because you don't ask. And you ask, but you don't get because you're asking for your, for your selfish, uh, self-serving lusts and passions. But friends, I know you're not asking for your self-serving lusts and passions. You're asking to survive, man. I know we're all asking to survive. We're looking out there at this world, at our, at our, at our business, at our payroll, at all these things. And we're thinking, God, ask, ask. Father's Day. Fathers, I know we don't like to ask. I know we don't like to ask. We don't even like to ask for directions. We try to figure it out ourselves because we just don't like to ask. Anything also don't like, right? Ask. SIBKL. Men, women, children, anyone watching this, ask it. Just say it to the Lord. What do you need? Say it. You know what? It's so beautiful that the asking comes after the praying. You know why? Because when you pray, that is when God shapes your heart and He shapes your values and He transforms your earthly thinking into heavenly thinking to the point that when you ask, you are asking according to His will. So it's so beautiful. You ever notice that in this sequence, He prays before He asks? Which tells you two things. One is, Praying is not just asking, right? And asking is not just, it's not the only part of praying. Pray first, have the mind of Christ. Pray first, have the heart of God. Pray first, have Him transform you from within. Allow your, 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 your lament to turn into praise. And when your praise to turn into, into trust, right? And when you pray that way, He transforms your heart. So by the time you ask, you are asking in His will. You know, praying in the name of Jesus is not just saying everything you want and attacking the name of Jesus at the end. That's not praying in the name of Jesus. Pray in the name of Jesus means that Jesus would have prayed exactly the same prayer as you. That's why you can use his name for that prayer. You can put his name as a seal over that prayer because you and he have the same heart, same mind. That's what it means to ask in the name of Jesus. So friends, how are you going to have the mind of Christ? Pray first, then ask in the heart and mind of Christ and then he will answer. Because he said, Ma, ask and you will receive ma. John 15 says, whatever you then ask in my name, I will give it, right? I won't hold back my hand from it. So as I be careful, this, this season, more than ever this season, but hold it for the rest of your life, but this season, say, pray, ask Him, and step into the favor of God. God opened up favor for Nehemiah. He showed him, everything. He opened up the whole passage for him. And you're going to see throughout the whole book of Nehemiah how God's favor was upon him, not only in Nehemiah chapter 2, which we are looking at today, but on and on and on, the Lord showed Nehemiah favor upon favor because, and I really believe this, when the windows opened, he took it. You know, friends, Nehemiah could have said to the king, Mola, nothing la. It's not, it's not a big deal. It's just my personal thing. And you know what would have happened? The window would have closed. If the window closed, or when, the, or when the, the king said, okay, what is it you want? Right? I know you're sad. What is it you want? Nehemiah could have said, nothing lah. It's okay. It's nothing. The window would have closed. Nehemiah wouldn't have gone back. The walls would have been rebuilt. The entire history the rest of biblical history could have looked very different. But because Nehemiah 
It's not paise like us with God. He took it. He said it. He prayed it. He asked it, and because of that, he was sent home, and he got to taste. The favor of God and everybody under him. He's a leader, huh? so when he lead, everybody follow. It affects everybody. When he open, when he walk through that window that God opened for him, or he, he walk through that door that God opened for him, that everybody who followed him also entered into the favor and the promises of God. Friends, our online altar call is being opened right now. You're going to see a link at the bottom. And you're also going to see a QR code at the bottom. Hit that link. Go right now and say you will have someone there who will listen to you. And by the way, all the private chat there. The moment we close that thing, everything gets all the data is not stored. Everything is everything disappears forever. So you don't have to worry about a single thing. You chat and you say and pour out your heart to someone who will be there to pray along with you. If you have nobody to pray with, especially just respond to this call right now. Go to this link, and I want to encourage you. The Lord's mercies will never fail you. His He will never fail you. He's so kind to you, and He will be with you. And all you need to say is, "God, have mercy." And enter that chat room and just say, not not the one here on YouTube. Go to the online altar call and cry out to someone and say, "Christ, have mercy." I'm crying, and just say it out. And if you are a father in this place, and you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulder, you feel you have to be strong for your wife. You feel you have to be strong for your kids. You feel you have to be strong for your staff. You feel you have to be strong for your partners, and you have nowhere to go to be vulnerable. Friends, it's not healthy. You come bottle it up. Go to the online altar call. Cry out to God. You're not even crying out to a person. You're crying out to Almighty God. So, friends, for the rest of us. Let us worship together right now. Let's just stretch our hands. In fact, if you're at home, can you rise up? Just rise up to your feet. I'm standing right now, right? You rise up to your feet as well. Stretch your hands up and just worship together and thank God for His goodness over your life. For His mercies never fail you. All your days have been held in His hands. Hallelujah. Father, we want to thank you, Lord God. That on this Father's Day, you can touch the deepest parts of our heart, the deepest parts of our souls, and you can come in and help us to feel safe in the Father's arms. Whether you are a father or a mum, or whether you are you 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 are a single guy or a single girl, in whatever season of your life, I want you to know that Father's Day on this year's Father's Day, it has been safe. To free fall into the Father's arms, as I be careful, I want to bless you, bless you with a good day, bless you with a good, good life, and for that the the weeks ahead of us will see the goodness of God come through for you, not even because life is in itself good, but because God is good, and He will give you everlasting. Lasting life to last through this season, Amen. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord turn His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His countenance toward you and give you peace. And all of God's people say, 
Amen.